Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and happy Friday. So glad you're joining joining me this time, and I hope that your week has been good. And if you're starting your week, well, we're praying that you have a great week coming up. And so I'm, I'm really finishing up this whole idea about gratefulness and the power of gratefulness and the amazing scientific evidence that they now have about gratefulness and what this does to your psyche, your emotional realm, your physical realm, especially physically what it does for you and what it does in your relationships and how contagious gratefulness is. And when we've talked about the power of positivity, one of the things that we know about positivity is that it is also fueled by gratefulness. So grateful people are automatically more positive people. So, you know, we want to thank our way to a happy heart. All of us, we all want to be happy. And happiness sometimes feels like an illusion. It feels like chasing the wind. And one of the ways you really can garner happiness, really increase it, and really experience it is through gratitude. And I have to tell you the truth. It is a habit. (laughs) It does not come naturally for humans. What we do know about humans is that they're kind of hardwired toward negativity. Even the most positive of personalities are hardwired to negativity. It's, it, it is truly like gravity. It just kind of pulls us down. It's so easy to be negative. It's so easy to look at the negative and to go where the negative is and to commiserate with one another. And that feeling of commiserating and complaining and moaning and groaning It is this false way of producing momentary intimacy. The problem is it doesn't really last. So if you think about who are the people that you complain with? So when you see them, do you get a positive feeling? Like, oh, yay, I'm so glad I'm going to see them. But think about the people that are grateful, that you've had good conversations that elevated you and that are positive people. Those are the people that as soon as you see them, you even feel a little bit more positive. So gratefulness is one of these things that that is very contagious, and it also increases the level of positivity in any group that you're with. And it's a great way to redirect away from negativity, gossip, commiserating. And and listen, I'm all for commiserating with people. I mean, (laughs) I will do periods of that. And But I really don't let it go on for for more than a couple of minutes. It's nice to get a little dose of comfort from somebody that they go, yeah, I really know what you mean. Oh, my gosh. And it's one of those ways that we connect with one another. So when you first see someone, what do we we complain about? Oh, my gosh, I can't believe the weather. It's so hot. Or can you believe the traffic? Or the latest thing in the news, this world is crazy. So it is one of these ways that we connect So I'm not against that in any way, shape, or form, unless that's all you do. So you want to make sure that you're intentional about 
bringing it out into a different venue, and that being one of gratefulness. So what is working? What is working in your life? What is working in this moment? And what do we need to change if we want it to be better? So we talked a lot about this verse in Luke uh, chapter 14, and it starts, it's two through five. But the key line in that passage is, and the people were watching him closely. And many times I have to remind clients that people watch them. And they think, oh, nobody notices me. I'm a nobody. And I say to them, nobody really is a nobody. Because we're either watching someone to see if that's how we want to be, or we're watching someone and we're saying, wow, I don't ever want to be like that. So the people were watching Jesus closely. There were no unintentional movements in the life of Christ. So can you imagine being that intentional? He was being watched. So if you're a professing Christian, a parent, a professional, if you work at a grocery store, you are being watched. You're being seen. Now, you may not know it because no one tells you, but you are being seen. If you drive, you're being noticed, whether you're a good driver or a bad driver. This is why it's so important that you recognize the power of gratefulness and bringing it everywhere you go will change and revolutionize your life. Because what happens is, the more grateful you are, the more positive you are, you will have a tendency to get the best version of most people. And I've seen this happen in my own life. A lot of times I'm like, hey, that was a pretty nice, I think that person's pretty nice, I enjoyed talking with them. And then I'll have someone say, wow, I don't know who you're talking about. I've, I, any experience I've had with that person is they are really difficult. They complain, they gossip about people, they're really nasty. In fact, they were really impolite to me. And I think, wow, that's interesting. So it really helps to bring out in people the more positive parts of them if they're willing for it to be revealed. So let's look at this idea of, of this positivity and gratefulness and what it really can do as we end this. So thanks. That's what we want to think about, the idea of thanks. And God gives us so many verses on thankfulness and being grateful and why God wants us to be grateful. And we talked about some of those verses, and I just want to give a couple of them because I think they're helpful just to be reminded of. And so when we do that, this is part you can, if you can write them down, that's great. You can kind of meditate on them. It's very helpful. So the first one was Colossians 3.17. And that says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. Now, I am going to be very honest with you. I go through times in my life where I am not grateful. I am complaining. I want to complain. I want to commiserate. I want to just make a list of everything that's not working. And it is tough for me to say, okay, I have a choice about this. This is where choice lies. Am I going to follow that that comes more naturally to me? And obviously is an energy drain. It doesn't energize me at all. Or am I going to shift and be a person, right, that wants to practice self-control, autonomy, and choice, and that I can choose to do something healthier? 
And I'm telling you what, you and I both know it's tough. God really honors it. He promises the power of gratitude and what comes with it. So this verse says, giving thanks to God the Father through Christ. Whatever you do, word or deed, everything in the name of Jesus, and give thanks to God. So Romans 1 verse 21 says, For for although they knew God, they did not know him as God or give thanks to him. But they focused, their focus became futile. They became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. I mean, that's, that's pretty huge. This is the first chapter of Romans, and it says, For although they knew God, they didn't honor him as God or give thanks to him. And they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. This is what God is saying. You can either drive down that highway, and I'm telling you where it goes. It leads to futility in your thinking and a dark heart. And those two things are very heavy. If you've ever felt futile and felt like there was no light inside of you, it's almost, it's hard just to get out of bed. To think of something creative is nearly impossible. So God, knowing his design, says, listen, this is going to be tough, but it works. It is the fuel that will continue to drive you forward. It is the fuel that drives you forward and opens the doors that no man can close. And so Philippians 4, 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, don't be anxious about anything. That's a lot easier said than done. But one of the ways we can battle anxiety is through gratefulness and thankfulness. And so we give everything in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. We add the thanksgiving piece. So we say, God, thank you for hearing my prayers. Thank you for caring. Thank you that I can come to you. Thank you that I can trust you. As I give my needs, my wants, my desires to you, I can trust that you're going to give to me the best for me. That you really want good things for me. And I'm going to practice trusting that. So thank you, God, for your forgiveness, right? How, much, how many things can you thank God for? That's one of the ways that we honor God. It's one of the ways we open the doors of heaven and receive more. That's one of the ways that we live out our calling. The more grateful we are, the more we understand who we are. So they've really examined and studied this whole idea of thanks, about gratitude. This has become a science. And psychology has ignored gratitude because it appeared on the surface to be kind of a very obvious emotion. Isn't that interesting? That the world of psychology and psychiatry figured it was an obvious emotion. And so they thought it was lacking in interesting complications. So they thought, you know, you receive a gift from a friend, from family, from God. You feel pleasurable, which would be grateful. They didn't recognize and make the distinction between having a pleasurable feeling as you receive a gift doesn't necessarily always create a grateful heart. It takes discipline and a choice to take the next step of gratitude, to be thankful for what you've received, 
How many times have you received a gift that you might not have really wanted? Are you willing to be grateful for the gesture, even though you don't like the gift? So this is a habit. So what happens then is the emotion, as they were studying it, although it seemed very simplistic, they soon discover that gratitude is far deeper, more a more complex phenomenon, and it plays an extremely critical role in human happiness. And they measured it, they quantified it. Gratitude is literally one of the few things that can measurably change people's lives. Isn't that fascinating? That's what they found, is that this is actually measurable. So this professor, Robert Emmons, and we talked about him earlier in this week, he's the, the leading expert on the science of gratitude. And he talks about the idea of gratitude is part of the happiness quotient. See, positivity many times leads to some happiness, helps us to feel a little bit happier even if we don't like our life, if we're positive. But sometimes just being positive wears a little thin. And I get that. It's like, okay, I'm trying to be positive. I'm hoping I get to be a little bit happy as I'm trying to be positive. I'm trying to have an outlook of positivity. And sometimes I just go, it's just too exhausting. I'm not feeling any better. But see, that's the reason that what they found was that gratitude was the key. Gratitude was the key. Happiness itself, it's, it's a great thing. And many of us hold that happiness depends on, quote-unquote, happenings. Whatever happens is what makes me happy. But what they came to find is that people that were grateful were always happier. It didn't make any difference what was going on in their life. They were just happier. And they met, it, was, it was measurable. So they could quantify this particular person's life that was working quite well, and they were trying to be positive, trying to search for happiness and make happiness happen by becoming more successful, whatever it was, having more acclaim, having more influence, whatever it was. But they didn't, the elusive happiness was the problem. They couldn't quite catch the happiness. And then they studied the group of people that their lives were quite rough, kind of tough. Everything wasn't working so great for them. You know, they, they might have had some financial hardships and some physical hardships. But if they were grateful, they always reported higher levels of happiness. And I thought it was amazing. And I, I, I want you to know that I have, I've, I've seen this, and this was years, probably 20 years ago. And it was in Phoenix. It's the middle of summer. And I'm in an air-conditioned car, and I'm driving to my, one of my other offices. And it's the middle of the day. There's traffic and I'm stuck at a light, and I look across the way. This is in the middle of the city, downtown, and there is a bench for people to sit on while they're waiting for the bus. And there's a family, a man, a woman, three little kids. Now, it's 110 degrees outside, and they've got their packages, and they're sitting there on the bench, and their kids are running around doing some stuff, crawling underneath the bench. What I noticed is how happy they were. And I thought to myself, I should be the happy one. I've got a nice car. It's air-conditioned. I'm, I'm, having, I'm having success. I'm going and meeting a client. I've got two offices. 
And I look across the way, though, and they are kissing and hugging one another, and their kids are crawling all over them, and they're laughing. And they're just waiting for the bus. And it was very convicting, and I thought, wow. They are happy in their life. And they have a life that most people would never aspire to. They don't, wouldn't want that life. Who would want to ride the city bus with three kids in packages in the middle of the summer in Arizona? But because they were together and they liked each other, and apparently they were happy and grateful for what they had. So this is imperative that you understand that if you are the person that is living for happiness by what happens to you, you're going to have to work a lot harder. And you're going to miss out because not everything that you do to, to create happiness happens. And you can't just wait for a really wonderful thing to come so that you're now happy. That means that the happiness is always outside of me versus having a happy heart inside of me. Like these, these people, this family that I described on the, in the city streets of Phoenix, they had happiness inside of them. They weren't depending on their circumstances to be happy. They were grateful to be with their family. They were grateful to have the money to ride the bus. They had three little kids that were darling. So this, what happens is, if we use happiness correctly, if the happiness comes out of being grateful, then what they found in these different um, tests that they had done and, and quantifying these types of, this, all this type of information, what they did find is that the benefits of happiness included higher income and superior work outcomes. People had greater productivity, they had higher quality of work, they had greater occupational attainment, and in the more in more social settings, they had better marriages, longer lasting, more satisfying. They had more friends. They had better social support. They had more energy, better flow, better physical health. Because happiness can also boost our immune system, causes us to fight disease better. But if we're waiting to be happy by something that happens to us, what's going to happen? We're going to be frustrated. We're going to be jealous. We're going to be envious. And we talked about jealousy and envy this week. And the antidote for jealousy and envy is always gratitude. So when I am grateful, I boost the happiness quotient. I boost the positivity. When I have more happiness and more positivity, I have higher income. I have better social interactions. My immune system increases. So gratitude always boosts happiness. So what we want to do is we want to commit ourselves to be the people that start with being grateful versus chasing happiness so that we have something to be grateful for. Gratitude creates happiness, not the other way around. We don't wait to be happy to be grateful. So this is imperative because what they found is that about a 25% boost to your happiness comes through gratitude. And they did this through studying different participants in three different groups. And I'm not going to go into the extent of the study. But the study really revealed, and it was a 10-week little program, and they examined the differences between the three groups and the well-being, and the well-being outcomes that they had measured at the onset of the study. And what they found is that the participants in the gratitude 
condition felt much better about their lives as a whole and were far more optimistic about the future than participants that were either in other control conditions, which means they weren't required to practice gratitude or they were going to wait for something to be grateful for. So they found that there was a 25% happier boost in the people that were just grateful. Their lives never changed, but they had a 25% boost in happiness. So what they found is that participants that were more grateful were always more joyful, enthusiastic, interested, attentive, energetic, more excited, they were determined, they were much stronger, and they managed hassles better. They managed offenses better. They bounced back faster. Things didn't just tank them. And I can tell you from personal experience, if I don't practice gratitude, the world starts to get to me. It does. And I can feel that spiral. And I start sinking down into the abyss of the woe is me. And it's not fair. And nobody gets it. Nobody knows the life that I have. Oh my gosh, if you ever knew. And I start to find all the reasons to be unhappy. And I start building a case and justifying why I might not be happy. Waiting for something to pull me out of that pit. Instead of recognizing that if I'm in the pit, right? How many times do they, if there's a pit and there's something down in the bottom of the pit, and it'll float. How many times do they put water into the pit and it floats to the top? It's kind of what gratitude does for me. It's like the water that causes me to float to the top. And I get out of the pit. So they also, this was very fascinating, fascinating. They compared gratitude to sleeping pills. So compared to those who were not really doing the gratitude list every night and counting their blessings every night, those participants that did not count those things didn't sleep as well. The people that did a gratitude list and a blessing list before they went to sleep fell asleep faster, woke up more refreshed, and slept longer. So if you have trouble sleeping, try practicing gratitude. There are huge amounts of, of research that it makes relationships flourish when you do gratitude together. What are you grateful for your spouse for? your partner, your, your kids, your employer, your employees? Do you tell them what you're grateful for? Do you give them that gift of thank you? Those two little words that go so far, that's the flow. Remember, we talked about the Red Sea, I mean the Dead Sea yesterday, the Sea of Galilee, and that the Dead Sea is dead because it has a ton of water flowing in, but it has nothing flowing out. So I want you to let your gratitude flow out of you. Concentrate, think on those things that are good, righteous, pure, and holy, of good repute. Think on those things. Be grateful for them. I'm grateful for you. I'm very grateful for you, that you would listen, that you would take the time to learn, that you would be brave enough to hear things that might not always be comfortable. I'm grateful for you, that you will practice it in your relationships. And I'm grateful that God created you. Have a blessed weekend. Join me next week. We are doing all about men next week. All about men. Everything you wanted to know. Everything they wish you knew. And then the following week, we're going to do all about women. So join me next week as we talk about men. 
They're blessed creatures. They really are. God bless you this weekend. Make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Have a blessed week. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.